Welcome back to this week's episode of the Coger Center Arts Roundup podcast. I'm very excited to welcome back to the Coger Center Arts Roundup, the one and the only William Starrett from the Columbia City Ballet. Uh, this is the time of year where we know it's the holidays because at the Coker Center, we've got the Nutcracker staring down uh, the pike at us. Uh, we've got two great weekends of the Nutcracker with the Columbia City Ballet starting next weekend. You can find them always in town the second and third weekend in December. Uh, but it's not just at the Coger Center. You all have already started your Nutcrackers. Is that right? You're out on tour. Yes, Nate. We're on an eight-city tour. So we've already been to Savannah and Sumter and Lancaster, and tonight we're in Camden. So, and then we go on to Florence and just, we keep going. So eight city tour, um, is it all, are you outside the city, um, outside the state this yes, year? Yes, yeah, we go to Savannah. We already did right. Savannah. That's yeah. in Georgia. Yeah. And uh, sometimes we, you you do some performances down in Florida? We do, We are. it's every other year. Okay. So we're doing Cinderella there this year, and then the next year we're gonna do Nutcracker. So, so you're mixing it up for the They folks. bring us every other year, either the spring or the, or the winter. So. Um, before we get into the Nutcracker, I'd like to just talk a little bit for people who are listening who don't know um, the company as well as maybe they will after our talk. Okay, good. Um, how many years has so the... So this is the 59th season. Yes, it is. Of the Columbia City Ballet. Our founding director was Ann Brody, and I'm the second director in the company's history. This is my 33rd year directing the Columbia City Ballet. And then when we tour, Nate, we, ha we also own the name of the South Carolina Ballet. Because when we go to Chicago or Washington, it's like, which Columbia are you? And so we want to really get them to understand South Carolina. So, so you tour outside the state sometimes under the name of South, South Carolina Ballet. Ballet. When we were in Florida and Savannah and things like that. But um, under the auspices of the Columbia City Ballet. Uh, so the company's 59th season, have there been 59 Nutcrackers? No, great question. And I just added that up because our founding director, Ann Brody, um, when she was developing the company, she knew that people would come to ballet and performances at the holidays, at Christmas time. And so she was trying to build an audience and develop an audience. And so she was pretty clever. She did Nutcracker one year, and then she would skip it. And the next year it would be Cinderella. And then she would do the Nutcracker, and the next year they would do Sleeping Beauty. Then she would do the Nutcracker, and the next year it would be Midsummer Night's Dream. So slowly she built an audience and taught people that there was more to ballet than just the Nutcracker, which is wonderful. And then we were able to build into a spring season and eventually a fall season and a spring season and the Nutcracker. And so when I became the artistic director, of course, it was our job. We're the largest performing arts organization in the state, and so we really have to bring a professional, wonderful um, Nutcracker that you would expect, you know, not some avant-garde Nutcracker with blue jeans or something, but the 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 bread and butter, cultural, wonderful signature Nutcracker you would expect. It's kind of our job here in, to the Midlands, and so um, we've been doing it every year. So this is our forty-seventh Nutcracker during our fifty-ninth year. Um, so in the beginning. Was the ballet just that Christmas show? Is that is that what I'm hearing? Well, so, no. Did you not do full seasons when they Anne did, first started it? No, she did like mixed repertoire seasons. She did like smaller ballets like Lacel Feet and um, just one-act ballets. And um, we would partner a lot with the opera, the opera company in those days sometimes. And we would partner also with the 
symphony and we would um, partner with the museum a great deal and uh, we would have different smaller productions and as she was building the company but um, there was always a major production at Christmas time and then an, an, a second soon they developed a, a second one in the spring um, you talk about partnering and one of the things that I always appreciate about Columbia City Ballet is the commitment recently to having at least one performance a year with live music yes at least one and um we and love last year two is that two, right and this year too and this year too as well So i'm really excited yes we um we have a five-year partnership with the philharmonic south carolina philharmonic and um we have what we call the dream team that was uh, started initially by gail morrison and peter zavaniacs peter and debbie zavaniacs they started it and the dream team pulls together um, influential patrons that want to have live music and help us afford the Philharmonic. And uh, so our five-year plan, we started with Swan Lake, and then we did um, Sleeping Beauty and Midsummer Night's Dream, and this year it is the Cinderella. And next year will be the Romeo and Juliet in the spring, a year from now. And we're also doing with live music, we're partnering with Mark Rapp, who's the the ambassador, our jazz ambassador to South Carolina, and he is putting together an amazing score and ensemble to have live music with the world premiere of The Great Gatsby that's coming to the Cougar Center next February 28th. And this is your second partnership with Mark? It is. He was uh, at the helm of the live music for last year's Beatles, the ballet. Yes, he was. We had partnered with him on smaller projects. Our body and movement explored, we do at the CMFA art space. It's a, it's a more intimate setting with about 100 people. And he had done um, some collaboration with some smaller pieces but it was my dream to um, be able to do a major thing and then the Beatles worked out and um, I got this idea for the uh, for the Great Gatsby and then I have something up my sleeve for our 60th anniversary next year but um, we're still ironing all those details out but um, you know ongoing partnerships it's just really important you know we partnered with Jonathan Green we partnered with the Art Museum we partnered with St. Peter's Catholic School um, it's just partnership. Partnering is just really key to the community. I think working together is just really, 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 um, really imperative. So I, I was saying recently to Susan Anderson, who yes. choreographed a couple of the pieces in the Beatles, in the Beatles ballet. We have a long history. And uh, I said to her, "Surely we're going to see that back at the Coger Center in the future." Is uh, have you? What are your thoughts? It was such a great Well, I'm evening. kicking it around. I'm kicking it around. Will, I am. will we get to see it again sometime in future seasons? Yes, I'm I'm hoping so. Yes. I'm I've been thinking in that direction lately. So, absolutely. We got so much incredible feedback from that and it was really um I think it just surprised everybody what a stellar evening it was. It was really really fun for everyone. So, I think we're looking at that to bring that back absolutely. What what I've learned in my short tenure back in Columbia, South Carolina is what seems to happen is you have to do the first one so that people hear about it. Yeah. yeah. But often they don't hear about it until it's over. Yeah. Because the people who heard about it in advance come see it, talk about it. And then people, I get a lot of questions saying, oh, we missed. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I think that well, it's pulling hard. things back out is great because it yeah. gives some people a chance to see it for the first time again. Yeah, and that's what happened with Dracula. But I, I think it's hard because people don't understand it's it's such an ordeal to mount a major production at the Coker Center. So like to, to bring two performances or three performances to the Coker Center is 
enormous. It takes thousands and thousands of dollars in time and commitment. And, and so, um, you know, we have huge marketing budgets to advertise that one weekend. But like a movie, you know, it runs for a month, you know, and it peters out. But you have at least three weekends to catch it. When you, and you do spread word of mouth, like, oh, I heard that that, like the new, um, what is it, Mr. Rogers is great, you know. So we've talked about it, and then more and more people see it. But that kind of is hard to have happen with something one weekend like the Beatles. But you're right, and that's what's happened with the Dracula. You know, we're on the 20, next year will be the 24th year. I think people still haven't seen it and still talking about it, and they come back every year. And it's the same thing with the Nutcracker. What I try to do, Nate, is the Nutcracker is an annual event, and I try to change it up every year so that the people who make it a tradition, it's new and fresh, and um, also for the dancers and for myself, but also we want to top ourselves um, as much as it evolved last year and um, over the last 47 years. We want to top ourselves and do it even more spectacular than we did the year before. We want to try to bring something even more magical to the audience. And what's wonderful is because we do so much touring of the production, we're doing 19 performances in the eight cities. And so um, we're able to really fine tune and we love getting back to the Coker Center. It feels like home. It feels so comfortable there. And so um, we just can't wait until we open on the 14th. This season, do you have some new dancers in the company? I do. I have four new dancers um, and we have a new technical director. Uh, well, it's the second year, but we've really done a lot of new special effects. We have a new prop master. Uh, we have a lot of new special effects, and uh, we've been building on our costumes. You know, the production is as enormous as the Nutcracker. It's over 200 costumes. There's over 150 in the cast, and so we're always refreshing costumes, you know, um, keeping them really bright and shiny and tight, and we get new ideas, and um, this year we're adding quite a few new costumes. The Waltz of the Flowers is new. We have new snow tutu for the Snow Queen. We have uh, new party parent costumes. It's something we're just always adding to, and um, the Nutcracker Prince has brand new costumes, and there's some uh, cast changes that no one will expect, some su surprises, and Clara enters on, you know, the red carpets are very, um, very pertinent right now. Everyone loves to see a red carpet, and so certainly Clara should have something to do with the red carpet, so that's new, and, and then, you know, she enters the land of the sweets. What better way to enter the land of the sweets than on a pink unicorn? So... I can't imagine any little girl in all of South Carolina who wouldn't want to see that. So the the, the music is very iconic, yes. Tchaikovsky. Yes. Uh, and the so you use the traditional music. Yes. yes. In this production. Yes. Um, but the choreography across Nutcrackers um, it varies wildly. Is there a so-called traditional Nutcracker choreography? Um, and and who you know and tell me about the choreo choreography in your production. Well, that's a great question, Nate. And then um, there are some variables you can take. Some, um, but like the Mona Lisa, you don't want to change the Mona Lisa. There's some classics you cannot touch. And so um, you can take some liberties with the Nutcracker because it's done so much. And um, but there's some things we cannot touch, like a Sugar Plum Fairy solo or the variations of the Potages. Now the 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 ballet production that our production is based on is the original that came out of Russia from the Ballet Russe de Monte Carlo that first toured the United States on trains years ago. And the ballet master was Balanchine before he founded and discovered and created the New York City Ballet. So my teacher who taught me the first version I learned was with the Ballet Russe de Monte Carlo. And she was the understudy to Danilova. 
and she um, was a soloist with Ballet Russe de Monte Carlo. And so that's the version I learned, and that's the nucleus, the base of the production we know. So it's it's um, very classic and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of dancing. I was highly influenced by um, John Newmeyer, who um, set a version on me with the Royal Winnipeg Ballet when I danced with them. And um, in that sense, I've, I've initiated, and I make the young man, the male dancers in our company are in their, in their late 20s, early 30s. And so to me, it just seems weird when they're, when they're in a suit and they're trying to act like their parents, and some of them are parents, but I like to have actors and, and people in the community to be looking like they're in their 40s and 50s and have children. And then the young men in the company, they're in their 20s, they are the cadets. So what happens is Clara's older sister, Louisa, um, invites all her girlfriends over to the to the Stahlbaum's Christmas Eve party. And then the Stahlbaum's invited like the cadets, like from the Citadel, say, who they couldn't get home for Christmas, for Christmas Eve. And so they were gracious enough to invite the cadets from, say, the Citadel into their home for Christmas Eve party. And so then they're very appreciative and gallant, and they dance with the Louisa, with Clara's older sister's friends. And then Clara has her girlfriends. You know, all of our kids invite all their friends over all the time, like a swim party or sleepover. And so it's the same kind of thing with the Stahlbaum's. And so there's lots of children in the production, um, but the children are in children-appropriate roles. So um, it's hard to distinguish. There are many Nutcrackers, but this is the largest performing South Carolina-produced arts event in South Carolina, the Nutcracker. So there's no other South Carolina-produced performing arts event that's bigger than this. And so um, it's huge, and there's hundreds of people in it. Um, but this is built around the professional ballet companies. So there's 32 professional dancers, and they are taking all the major roles of the Sugar Plum Fairy and the Snow Corps de Ballet and the soloists and all of that. And then there are probably around 50 actors, and um, including that is Grant Show from, he originally was known from Melrose Place, but he's now starring in Dynasty on the CW, and his wife, Kathleen Lanasa, is a very well-known uh, actress. She was in Two and a Half Men, and she was in Postures, this on Netflix right now, and she's just starting a new project of Ka Katie Klein, that she's uh, the, the star of that that's coming out in February, and so she's also going to be Mrs. Staubbaum, and she's performing the second weekend, the 21st and 22nd, and Mary Claire Miranda and myself are coming out of retirement, and we are performing the first weekend. Fantastic. That's so. I, we're going to get to see you back on stage. I'm going to. Do, I'm going to make an appearance on stage. Yes. Um, do you have a favorite dance from the Nutcracker or favorite character? Um, I, you know, I'm just such a. <laughs> I really just fall for the whole thing. Um, at different times, like I love the Arabian dance a lot, and I love the Chinese dance, and this year the the. The um, Spanish dance, I, I've, I've geared it after um, the Argentine tango, which I love. And then the, the snow paw and the snow dance is just incredible. The music in the snow is just overwhelming. It's just really the Tchaikovsky score is so incredibly beautiful. And, of course, I love the Sugar Plum Fairy, particularly the potages. But the music is just so stirring to me. It's just it evokes so much emotion. And I've, I haven't had a Christmas since I was 12 years old that I haven't been involved with the Nutcracker. So it means a lot to me, but the music is just really, really moving. And um, I think that's one of the main reasons it's endured is the music is just so iconic and it's just, it's just spellbinding. It really is. Uh, how did you get uh, Grant and uh, Catherine 
to be in this production? Or do they have a Columbia connection that I'm unaware of? Well, Catherine was a dancer with Valley West, and we were very good friends. And she was first married to Dennis Hopper, the movie star. And they were filming a film here in Columbia, South Carolina, years and years and years and years and years ago. And um, she knew of me through Valley West, and she danced in Valley West in Utah. And so she looked me up, and we became great friends. And I had she and Dennis over for dinner, and I went to their wedding. And we've remained great friends ever since. And she was a dancer, and she actually danced with me and danced with the Clem City Ballet, and she choreographed the Clem City Ballet. And now, of course, she's not dancing, and she's just really highly involved with acting. And um, she and Grant have Grant's first daughter, and um, her name is Eloise, and she's also going to be in the Nutcracker. She's going to be a mouse and a cherub. And so it's a whole family affair. And Grant, you know, helped me. He wanted some more different diverse stage experience because he was going to be, he was auditioning for some Broadway things, and um, he had, he wanted some different experiences to stretch him as an actor. And so he was our Dracula. And um, now he's just incredibly busy with the, um, with the dynasty he's number one on the show and uh it's just been picked up for his third season and there are lots and lots of segments but he um, is actually filming in atlanta so that's a huge advantage for for the columbia city ballet and for us here in columbia because he Catherine is filming in in la but i mean in um, new york but she's flying in for the production and uh, they'll be here that second weekend to be a part of the nutcracker and part of the community and they just really love it they um they really enjoy getting to you know, be involved with their daughter. Their daughter lives in Atlanta now. Um, they still have their home in L.A., but both of their shows right now are out here on the East Coast. So um, their daughter's involved with ballet in Atlanta, and so is a whole family involvement in the ballet. That's how that happened. And speaking of family involvement, uh, one of the ancillary events, the, the add-ons that you can get if you come to the Coker Center for the ballet or the tea party. Yes, we have these fantastic teas. So how long has that been going on? It's been going on, I would say, four or five years now. And it's a huge success. I, I just, I'm blown blown out of the water about how we completely sell out everyone. And um, they are at 1.30 before every matinee. So that would be the 14th, 15th, and the 21st. And you call the office at 799-7605 to make a reservation. And um, it's so much fun, Nate. We... Um, we have opportunity for all the children to get dressed up. The parents come, the grandparents come. We have arts and crafts. They meet the Sugar Plum Fairy. They meet all the characters. They get to sit on Clara's throne. They get to ride in the sled. They have um, special performances by um, dancers for them. And, of course, there's incredible real teacups, and it's like a high tea from England and uh, lots of great refreshments, and, and it's a luncheon. And it's at 1.30, and uh, then they're all prepared uh, to go backstage, kind of a VIP opportunity before the performance. And then they see the Nutcracker. And after the Nutcracker, we always have a backstage tour. So every matinee, the entire audience is invited for free to come backstage and see the sets and the scenery and the props up close and how the snow works. And they get to see their dressing rooms. And then they go out into the lobby. And all the dancers are waiting for them there. And they have special treats and candy for the children and photo opportunity. And it's just, and we have Christmas music playing. It's a huge party. So it's really, really great. And so that backstage tour and meet and greet is open to anyone. Open to anyone after every matinee. And that is free. And then before the evening performances, I do a pre-performance lecture. 
So we go into the lodge rehearsal room, and there's an announcement um, to remind you, and it happens about 7 o'clock. And we go into in-depth about um, a lot about what we're talking about here and about the history of the Nutcracker and um, different things about the Columbus City Ballet's production. And um, we answer questions, and it's just really fun sort of um, learning the the nuts and bolts of the production and the tours and what's what's to come with the Clem City Ballet and some of our other touring dates and a lot about the history of not only the Clem City Ballet but of the Nutcracker and of that particular ballet. So um, it's really, really fun. We encourage people to come. That's also free. And anyone can come. You just anyone to, can you come. You just have to turn up early enough and, and go into the large rehearsal room. Yeah, and they announce it to remind you and um, it ends, you know, you still have plenty of time to get your seat afterwards. It, it's like from 7 to 7.20 or 7.25. And I can't believe how many people come. They really, and they have great questions, and we have a really, really big time. And can you meet the cast after all the performances or just after the matinees? Um, yes, after the matinees, um, we invite you to come on the backstage tour and you meet the dancers then. But after our evening performances, we have our uh, green room reception, what we call it. And so you go, um, if you're looking at the stage, you look, go down in the orchestra on to the, the far right right side right side and you um, it's like you would go backstage but um, the dancers come out and we have great opportunity to meet and greet and photo ops and sign autographs and um, all the fans of the dancers and parents and family meet the dancers and it's, it's like another party it's really really fun and so um, it's a great opportunity to meet the dancers and see their costumes up close and um, and really share um, how much you've enjoyed the production with them and the children that perform with you all, are they, do they come, they're local yes. kids, obviously, or do they come through the school? Because the ballet is not only committed to being a professional company here in, in Columbia and the state and beyond, but also you have a training program. You, you teach, it's an educational, whole educational outreach arm of this where people learn from professional dancers how to be professional dancers. Is that right? That's right, um, Nate. Thank you for asking. So I have my own school called the Conservatory of Dance, and it's lo located down, downtown. But we're the Columbia City's ballet, so that 24 different dancing schools participate in this Nutcracker. So we have an open audition to anyone in the city, and um, we have 99 dancers in our Nutcracker. And that works out well because we alternate weekends, and so it doesn't take up all of the weekends you know, for the families. And uh, we do have also a junior company. So there, we have 17 in the junior company. And that, those are dances that excel and they show um, really professional, uh, their, their, their talent can really put them on a professional track. And so um, they have extra rehearsals and they help maintain the standard of the children's portion of the production. And uh, they rehearse every Tuesdays and Thursdays nights and the weekends and preparing for the production. And they're um, year-round. And uh, so we have um, the actors and we have the children that audition from all over the community. And then we have the junior company and then we have the um, professional company. So all of those people. At one point, I, I figured out in one dance there were 85 people in the, in the dance in the room. So it's like... I, <laughs> I'm on a megaphone, and it's like putting together War and Peace. But it's really, really exciting and incredibly colorful, and um, it guarantees to put you in the holiday spirit. We've been talking about how exciting it is to do the Nutcracker because it's a standard, but 
the challenge is to make it unique every year because if you've seen it last year or the year before, it's not going to be the same again this year. Right, right. Um, and the other thing that I really love about the Columbia City Ballet, you think Columbia City Ballet, is that I, I learned on this interview that you tour outside the state as the South Carolina Ballet, but I think the commitment to touring is very important. Yes. So how long has the ballet been taking productions on tour? This is your 59th season uh, as a company. Well, and the Columbia City Ballet has kind of always been a touring company. When we had our 50th anniversary, I was going through our archives and working um, through our history, and we have performed in 50 different cities of South Carolina. I didn't even know there were 50 different cities of South Carolina. And so we, we have a long history of, of touring, and, um, but not only in South Carolina, we've gone, of course, to Washington and New York and to upstate New York, Utica, New York. We've been to Chicago. Um, throughout Florida, um, so we Jacksonville, you know, so we have toured extensively. Our primary focus, of course, is Columbia, but um, we, you know, really need to maintain a high standard of dancer and to attract. I'm just like a coach, you know, that's getting the best players for their team. Is um, dancers want to, you know, earn a salary and have a safe environment to express their art, but equally important to that is to be able to perform a lot, to dance a lot. It's incredibly important and passionate to a dancer because their career is relatively short. It's hard to dance past the age of 40. And so the clock is always ticking for them, and so they want to dance a lot. And so that's really my, my job. And I'm really proud of that because by the time I bring the art back to Columbia, it's really tight and it's really great and it's really ready for um, our Columbia audiences. And it's fun for the dancers too because we perform in so many different environments. You know, not all the stages are as grand and as large as the Coker Center. Um, the, our, our theater in Savannah is huge and the theater in Lancaster was huge. But um, tonight we're performing in Camden at 7.30 and it's a relatively smaller stage. It's at the, um, it's at the performing art, it's at the, um, Kershaw County Performing Arts Center. And uh, so we had a spacing rehearsal there. So it's, it's intimate and cozy, but um, just as important. And um, so we have to do a lot of uh, rearranging and respacing, but it's fun and exciting for the dancers to um, go from, from venue to venue. And in every city we have local children. So we're rehearsing all those children in every city um, since August. So, and what's important to me about that, Nate, is that we're a part of that community. So that when we're in Savannah, we're working with Savannah children, and we're just not going in and out in one night, but that we've been really ensconced in the community and that we're really a part of, of um, their dance scene. And um, I'm happy to say that I'm looking for talent all over our state and all over, um, even in Savannah, we, we just found a young lady. She auditioned and been like a bonbon and worked her way up to an angel. And she's just come into the company. She's in her early 20s. And I've just hired her as a company member. So I've watched her grow up. And so um, it's really a dream come true that if uh, we can offer professional dance occupation, professional jobs to dancers right here in our own state. And that's really been my dream come true when I became the director 33 years ago. How many sort of local homegrown uh, dancers do you have in the company right now? Uh, I, it's really exciting to be able to start with someone and, and say that they've been in whatever it is, 15 Nutcrackers, and suddenly they're a company member That's and right. they're going to be in even more. That's right. Uh, there's, uh, I would say about half of the company members are from 
Colombian from the school. Um, our two principal ballerinas are both from Colombia. Bonnie Border Jolly and uh, Claire Richards Rapp are both homegrown um, talent and uh, big success stories. And uh, um, they could dance anywhere in the world. I was just, last Sunday, I was in Houston and saw the Houston Valley's Nutcracker. And I'm very proud to say that our dancers stand up right next to those Houston Valley dancers. They're fantastic dancers, but so are our dancers. And um, it was thrilling to see a different production, but I'm incredibly proud of our production and of our company and our dancers. I do recruit, recruit dancers from all over the world. I have big auditions every year in LA, Atlanta, and New York. And um, I try to keep a third of the company African-American, and I keep um, at least a third of the company from South Carolina. But um, it's always just uh, just like a coach is looking for wonderful talent and to um, recruit great dancers and retain them. I do have dancers that have been, um, one of my dancers has been in this Nutcracker. This is her 24th year of being in our Nutcracker. And she's grown up here and uh, is professional soloist with the company. And um, next year will be her 25th anniversary performing in the Nutcracker. So we're going to have a big celebration with that. But many of the dancers have been with me 13 years, 14 years. so. 10 years, eight years, and um, quite a few of them are new. I have four new dancers, and so that's really fun um, for all of us. And um, people don't realize, but they're under contract, and this is what they do. They, um, everyone, I think, today augments your salary somehow. We all have a side job, and they do sometimes teach, but this is their primary work. This is what they do from 9 to 5 every day. Um, it's a seasonal contract, so it's a commitment per year. But um, as I mentioned, they've been with me 13, 14, 15, 20 years. So it's really exciting. Uh, one thing I'm curious to hear just a little bit more about, if you want to expand on it, is the thing that I enjoyed about touring was the challenges of making the production look the same in very different spaces. Can you just elaborate a little bit about what it's like to go from the Coger Center, which is really quite a big stage, and one of the things that is exciting for us having such a big space is that it's bigger than say most of the Broadway stages. So when people talk about these huge Broadway productions coming in, we're able to accommodate them because our stage is bigger than almost any house in New York. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you've got a massive stage to work with and then you go to some of these smaller communities that don't need as big a building, don't have as big a stage. Like, what's the decision-making process? What's the process like to uh, to make changes to accommodate for a smaller venue? Well, it's it's a lot about math, and it's a lot about the numbers. And just we, what we we have, Nate, what's called a spacing rehearsal, and we also have. We're lucky. We're very fortunate. We have three different sets and sceneries for the Nutcracker. So we have a very large one for the Koga Center, we have a medium-sized one, and we have a smaller one. And so that helps us a lot. And sometimes we do a combination of the medium and the small. Um, we try to save the large one because it, the sets can get beat up when you pin them and hang them and fold them. And so um, you know we're very careful with the sets because they're very, 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 very expensive. And then it's a lot just spacing, and sometimes if all the rats can't fit on the stage and the last two drop off and you have to practice that. And then they have to run around the back and jump on at a different time and um, you know they run between each other and so they don't, um, they're all wearing masks sometimes in the battle scene and so they don't get stabbed and they don't, one, one dancer almost fell off the stage one time. You know, so we have to space that and practice that. And so that's really what we're doing from theater to theater is re-spacing and we really look, some stages are more rectangle and some are much more deep and square 
And then there's some challenges about a lot of times we can't fly the scenery out. There's not a, a tall enough fly rail, what they call. So that what has to happen is we have to add an intermission. And then sometimes we can't go back to the original um, Stahlbaum home at the end for the apotheosis. So we have a third version of how to end the entire ballet. And those are all rehearsed. And um, so we have to practice those and restage those. And so every theater, we have to respace and restage and know which version we're doing. And the music changes sometimes, depending on how big the cast is. And sometimes there's not enough time to change the costume uh, because um, the children are available at that time so then we have to change the order of the music and it's just a, a huge puzzle and I, I love that kind of thing. And it keeps it fresh for the dancers because they are not, even though they're doing, would you say 19 Nutcrackers, there may only be a handful that are exactly the same. That's right. Because even in Columbia you've got different performers, the the extras, the uh, that's right, and, and the, or the different party parents and the actors are different. First and, weekend from the second weekend, so uh, of course that means it's a different performance, right? And they're different lineups. So like um, in in Florence, there are five adult couples, so there's ten, and then in Savannah there were four, and then in Columbia there's eight, and so that that changes the lines of three, and um, so. The, the professionals have to understand that, and it all changes the spacing, and those all need to be rehearsed. And when you're trying to organize, that's just those 10 people. Then there's the 23 professionals, and then there are the actors. And so you're trying to get all their attention and all them to understand to be at the right place at the right time. And so it's um, managing people is, is quite a job. <laughs> Uh, before we let you go, because I know that you've got a performance in Camden this evening, um, that we're, 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 for those of you listening via podcast, uh, that we're, we're recording the Coker Center Arts Roundup to be put out next week in advance of the Nutcracker with the Columbia City Ballet at the Coker Center. But tonight is uh, December 5th, and you're going to Camden uh, for the Nutcracker. So before we let you go, um, I just wanted to ask, do you have a particular Nutcracker experience either from your own career or from Columbia City Ballet that stands out? I mean, with, would you say, 47 years of Nutcracker, yeah. um, I imagine they all start to blur together. So is there something that particularly exciting uh, that you'd like to tell folks about? Well, there's a couple. One time I danced, when I was performing the Nutcracker, I did a matinee in uh, Detroit and an evening performance in Atlanta. So that was quite something. I I got off the stage in Detroit and had a limousine waiting for me, and I took off my costume and makeup in the in the limousine, and then I got on the plane, and then the limousine rushed me from the International Airport in Atlanta to the Fox Theater, and then I did the second act at the Fox Theater. <laughs> so that was very exciting. That is amazing. And one time in Columbia, we did a matinee in Columbia with the Philharmonic Orchestra, at the Coker Center, and we did an evening performance with the Greenville Symphony at the Peace Center in the same day. So we did a matinee in Columbia and an evening in Greenville. So that, and it rained. So we had to move all the sets and the scenery and a different Clara and different children and a different symphony in one day. So that was something. And then the only other thing I would say is I think the very first Nutcracker we did at the Coker Center was incredibly exciting because we built those sets and scenery brand new that year in 1989. 
and um, we match the red of the walls to match the red in our set. And the whole set and scenery was built for the exact dimensions of the Coker Center. And I think it's one of the few productions that were built just exactly for the Coker Center. And so we're really proud of that. And to see those sets and scenery for the very first time was just um, chill bumps. Um, and it was just really, really, really exciting. And um, we're just thrilled that we've been able to have those dates and bring this gift to the com community ever since. And um, particularly, this is our 47th Nutcracker in our 59th year. We want everyone to come out. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm performing on the 15th and 16th with Mary Claire Miranda. We haven't been on the stage for 17 years together, so that should be a lot of fun. And I just want to kick off the holidays for everyone and, and invite them to come down to experience the Nutcracker with the Columbia City Ballet. Well, thank you so much for joining us. The Nutcracker, once again, runs at the Coger Center for the Arts, December 14th and 15th, and the 22nd, 21st and 22nd of December. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, I'll, I'll say, uh, well... Uh, in Germany, sorry. they say toy, toy, toy. Toy, toy, toy. <laughs> that uh, means good luck in, in German. So thank you, Nate. <laughs> The Coker Center Arts Roundup is produced in part by Garnet Media Group, the student media partnership at the University of South Carolina. Information about tickets and upcoming events can be found at CogerCenterForTheArts.com, the official website for Coger Center tickets. For more information about Garnet Media Group, visit GarnetMedia.org.